everybody, to another episode of Dungeon Master's Apprentice. I'm your host, Theo Giesen, and we're back with uh, now who's kind of taken over as the co-host. It used to be Nathan Wenzel, but instead... Yep, Brett Clark is back. How's it going? Here for an unexpected back-to-back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel like that's a first. Right. Yeah, or maybe you've had back-to-backs, but Nathan was also sure, there. Yeah. It hasn't been solo back-to-backs. Yeah. We were trying to get Neil on for this one. Unfortunately, we couldn't get him. He's a tough man to get hold of. He's getting a new phone, too. Yeah. Yeah, we were going to have one another sci-fi session tonight. Unfortunately, our fourth party member has band practice. So, <laughs> um, but that's all right. The band kids and the D&D kids. Yeah, they kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> Surprised not more of those guys aren't trying to get in the uh, sessions, but, you know. <laughs> Like I said earlier, you know, when I was originally talking to Luke before I even knew Neil, he was saying he would probably be able to get, like, seven people together. And I was like, okay, maybe that's a little much. Like, why don't I just teach it to you and another yeah, person? Like, t- take on seven pupils. Yeah, be, you know, you how know? about I teach one of you guys to DM and then you yeah. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> so I'd have to DM for a bunch of people. Yeah, literally. Start an organic growth in their group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I gotta start doing. Is you know teach it like give a man a fish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> DM a DM a man a session, <laughs> and he plays for a day. Mm-hmm. Teach a man to DM, and he plays for life. That's um, it. Something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. We can workshop that, but. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that you know maybe I th- as we were saying, Neil I think would maybe be a good DM. So yeah, he definitely gets me the. Yeah, dedicated kind of. Mm-hmm. You can see want it. to do it vibes. You can see it a little bit in people. <clears throat> you can kind of tell. Yeah, definitely. It's like just some some people have. Yeah, and <clears throat> you you know I think I can also tell per, like when you guys are DMing how you know how much you're actually enjoying it as opposed to playing. For it. sure. Um, well, I mean, obviously, since none of you guys have done like a long form campaign, it's just you know not for you guys and. Um, I really like that aspect of the game, and so it kind of goes hand in hand that so you know I'm always prepared to have a session and whoever we can get together. Then. Yeah, it's really good because I like most people probably wouldn't be able to like get off work and like brainstorm like a session or in, whatever. You know, we have a session like, in half an hour. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I'm maybe planned. I have a couple things planned, so. Yeah, so, no, that's always a good fallback for sure. Mm-hmm. Even if we can just round up, like, a couple of us, we can always make it make it work. Yeah, we're just, we've are just we just been talking in the last few minutes here with our friends, trying to get sessions together as everyone, you know, has the group chat going. Everyone's talking about their availabilities. Mm-hmm. And so our session with Neil and Luke fell through, so we were going to do our main session. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have we have two players in so far. Uh, which, you know, at this point, like, fuck, like, let's just play a session. Like, even if it is just you and John, yeah. like, sure, we'll all have a, still have a blast and, you know. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if, I don't know if me and John have just played together before. Yeah. Either, so it'd be like, that'd be cool. That too. actually would be pretty cool, you know. Um, I've, you know, it would be really sweet to get John out here sometime. He, oh. uh, he'll, he'll show you all the Brazilian drinks and, you know. He's got some good stories and stuff we can talk about from work like that I haven't seen him for in forever and yeah dude <clears throat> and that, the cool thing about that too I think for like I I assume like besides Andrew you're the only one who's actually met John yeah. before right so yeah. all of us like I just know him as like calling like talking to him through Facebook yeah. so it'd be actually like 
do like I see videos you have of you and John and I was yeah. like oh damn it'd be actually cool to like physically like I know. with John yeah but at the same time you know I also um there was my one friend Wilmer who I used to play games with Bryant with like mm-hmm. Fortnite and stuff mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. became friends while I was out here maybe in like October or November or something mm-hmm. and I didn't end up going back home or something for a while and so me and Wilmer and Bryant would just play video games for months and you know yeah and me and Wilmer would joke around like have all these inside jokes and stuff and be pretty good friends and still have like never met each other and so the first time we hung out, it was kind of weird because we knew each other, but it was kind of like, hi, nice yeah, to meet you. Yeah, you didn't have like the social, yeah, like, it, 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 or whatever. we both kind of recognized how it was kind of funny, but so, yeah, uh, but yeah, <clears throat> that's pretty cool. Yeah, so hopefully one day either we can all go down to Brazil or... <laughs> honestly, I, think maybe the, I prefer the first, I yeah, mean, honestly. I would be so down to go to Brazil. Yeah. Um, my sister Sarah went to Brazil for a month. You know how I went to Norway? For like the volunteer thing? Yeah, I guess I can explain this to the viewers because it's kind of, you know, a little bit of an interesting mm-hmm. tangent that we can go on right before we get into D&D. Uh, but starting when I was 11, year, 11 years old, Probably up until I was 19, kind of not really in it as much right now just because, you know, life. Yeah, of course. But I was part of this organization called Children's International Summer Villages. And sort of the motto of that organization is to build uh, world peace through uh, friendship, especially starting in youths. Um, And there's an American psychologist right after World War II who um, kind of thought that 11-year-olds are kind of that perfect age where they're aware of their surroundings, they're they're self-aware enough to have a conversation about things, Mm. but they're also at that age where you can still, you know, not cement things, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah, yeah. Instill good values that they're going to have for the rest of their life. Yeah, sure. And so she thought that this is also coming right off of World War II, so tensions are tight all around the world. So she thought that it would be a good idea to bring a bunch of eleven-year-olds from all the way from all around the world, especially especially Germany. Yeah. Right at that time, um, China. Mm-hmm. I don't. Maybe they weren't in the first one, but China, like people from all different places: South Africa, mm-hmm. Brazil, <clears throat> Argentina. Right. And so it started off just a few camps in America and stuff, and they were pretty small, but you know, people really enjoyed them, and it went on from there. And more countries became involved in the organization and opened branches and stuff like that. And so when I was 11, I went to one of these camps in Norway with, um, there were 11 other countries present with four uh, kids each, two boys, two girls, and a leader. And a lot of the leaders were like 21. Really? Yeah. (laughs) So 21 year. Imagine you two years ago leading a group of 11 year olds to Norway. You have to take care of all the passports. If anything comes up with any of the kids, anyone has an allergic reaction, that's you. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I mean, I I had a blast in Norway, and then I went to Costa Rica, and then eventually I went to Guatemala with my sister for a month, which was awesome. And I also got involved with the local branch so they have an organization within like a branch within london and the branch has a chair and a secretary and a treasurer and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and they have a junior branch as well and the junior branch 
is like the executive board, but they run all the stuff for the kids. So in between these yearly traveling events or, you know, for kids who want to be part of it but can't afford to travel, we have monthly events, like just little get-togethers. Like maybe we'll all go to someone's house and watch a movie. Okay. Or, you know, there will be a bowling uh, month, so everyone gets together and goes bowling. That's pretty cool. And so as a board, you have to get together and plan all this stuff, right? So... Uh, I was on the board for a while, and then I became eventually became the chair of the junior board, okay. which was really hey. Okay. Um, <laughs> the th- main thing that enticed me to do that is because, <clears throat> as a uh, as a chair of the junior board uh, for CISV Canada, you have to attend national meetings, and oh, national shit. meetings could be anywhere. Damn. So you could so <clears throat> you could be going to BC. So it didn't. I didn't know where it was gonna. I didn't know where it was gonna be. So. Uh, the first year I was junior chair, I went to Ottawa, which is pretty cool. I got True. to spend a weekend, like four days in Ottawa or something. Damn. Uh, and they pay for your stuff to get there too because you're kind of – like they're not paying you, but they're paying for your way to go. Sure. Or at least they're helping you, I think. There's a certain money allotted mm-hmm. for travel. Um, or maybe I think the national branch will pay for your travel. That makes sense. Um but anyways, um, so I got to go to Ottawa, and then the when I was senior chair, I got to come to Nova Scotia, which is actually really cool. That was the first time I ever came here. Really? Were yeah. you like, we Halifax? Or? Yeah, right in Halifax. Uh, oh, there's that hotel right near the arena. I don't know Halifax enough. Yeah, sure. There's the arena, and then they had just built a hotel there, and we were the first people to stay in our rooms. That's sick. It was pretty sick. It was like a brand new thing. It was still kind of under construction, so I think we kind of like went through some construction way. It like right, got right. got on the rooftops, the VIPs. like got on the rooftops and stuff, and was like had some pretty cool views and stuff. Nice. And you know, I was in high school when I did that, so it's also the first weekend you're going away. You're just in a hotel room. It it like. You can just go walk around until five in the morning if you wanted yeah. to, and like just check stuff out and go into stores and. Excuse me. You know, as someone growing up in Ontario, I didn't I'd never seen Nova Scotia, so that was also really cool. Mm. Um, and I don't know, probably maybe had a little bit of influence on me yeah, coming no, here, absolutely. but yeah. maybe maybe a little bit. Um, but anyways, all to say that um, eventually I tried to run for. I guess this is just getting into, you know, a lot of details now, but, you know, whatever. Um, eventually, I tried to get elected for the uh, national branch. There's, like, five or six positions there. And I think three years in a row, I ran for a position and didn't get it. Oh. Yeah. Um, the Like, all, there were some other really good people and sure. other really dedicated people. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's pretty tight. It was, it was pretty tight. Um, I, the other... Th- the one actually pretty cool thing that I got to do was I was on an international committee of, like, seven people. Okay. And our job was to – well, let me step back. Uh, CISV hired an organization to come in and look at the structure of it and see how it works and see what flaws there are and see what the strengths are. Mm-hmm. Do, like, a full investigation. And they said that there are a lot of problems in the junior branch. That was maybe this is maybe five years ago, so I can't remember many of the specifics of what those issues were. But it was our job to look at the report that they gave us, um, examine the junior branch internationally as a whole within the chapters, within 
So I think I focused a lot on the chapter stuff just because there were people on there who had been, like the people who were trying to get on this board were like, they had been the national board leader for a while. They had been on the international committee. They like worked for CISV. Like they weren't even volunteering and stuff. Um, But I don't know. I guess I made a good case or something. And so me and like six other people, it was our job to look at the junior organization as a whole and like reshape it to basically what we thought mm. like we that it should be. We could do anything that we wanted. We could take out whole levels. We could rename stuff. Free control. Uh, free and it wouldn't just be that is word. Like, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be set in stone. It would go to someone who would then decide whether or not right. to do it. Yeah. And um, I was supposed to go paid meeting to England. But I was in first year, and it was September. Oh. Yes. And I just cool. I just said, like, guys, I can't. Like, I have all my classes going on. I'm just getting settled in university across yeah. the country. Like, I can't just skip across the pond. Yeah, literally. Wow. Yeah. That would have been ballsy. Exactly. So I Zoomed, <clears throat> or I guess I would have Skyped and stuff back then. But, you know, and then... As school got busier and busier, I fell out of the organization. That was kind of the last thing that I did. Uh, but I still have, like, a bunch of friends that I talked to through that and stuff like that. So, And a lot of really cool memories uh, with my sister and stuff. So, Well, there must be a lot of cool memories. Yeah. You know? um, <clears throat> definitely recommend anyone who, like, has young kids or something, right. like, to just at least check it out. It's a really cool organization. Um, my buddy Nick that I was talking about from Ontario, yeah. I met him through that. He also went to Guatemala with me. Um, so, you know, you travel with someone and you go to these camps where, like, basically you don't leave the camp for a whole month. You are eating your meals with the same people every day. Mm. You're, like, getting to know them, doing activities and stuff. And all the a lot of the activities are... Um, like peace education and stuff like that, there is a point to them right. a lot of the times. And we've gone on for quite a while, so I won't get into that because I could do a whole podcast no, on I it. Believe that, yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyone who's at least curious <laughs> and hasn't turned off the podcast <laughs> by now, um, go check it out. It's called Children's International Summer Villages. Um, couldn't recommend it more. Uh, but anyways, that was quite the tangent right up top into what we're going to be talking about today. Um, We've talked a lot about us personally and specifically, so we were going to recap the sci-fi campaign that we did. Mm -hmm. Let's maybe leave that for a bit um, and move on to uh, kind of what the meat of this is going to be, is uh, looking at D&D Frequently Asked Questions and you know, maybe giving there are answers online and we'll kind of give our advice and, um, you know, we'll take it from there. Cool. Um, so right up top, one of the first things that I was reading when I was reading frequently asked questions was people asking, can I delay my initiative? You know, and this is something that we do a lot where someone says, can I hold my action? Yeah. Can I, wait, you know, can I wait until after this person goes and then do this after they're paralyzed or something? Yeah. Um, and this is, and I think I've known this, but I reread it again, is that this isn't actually how it works. Okay. Um, and I think going forward, what this is, 
this actually makes a lot of sense the way that it ex- the way that it explains it, and I'll explain it in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, is that you can't completely hold your turn. What you can do is prepare an action. Um, and the reason that this is beneficial, well, not beneficial. The reason that this, I believe, makes the game make more sense, yeah. is that why use initiative at all if you guys just kind of get to decide where you go in initiative yeah no true you know it's like okay i'm at 13 but it can basically be i can be anywhere 13 i could be 12 i could be 11 i can be wherever i want to be you know yeah you can manipulate it for sure so the way that preparing the the way that preparing an action works is that you can state what you want to do and what's going to trigger it so you can say I want to notch an arrow in my bow and I want to point it at the bushes and if any goblins jump out I'm gonna let it fly right. and you can say okay you can do that if no goblins jump out of the bushes that round then you basically didn't have a turn right Yeah. you go back up top of the initiative and then when it gets to your turn you can do whatever you want yeah. um but I think that would only go... Now, what do you think? Do we think holding an action would go till the end of a round or until the end of, until it's your turn again? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe till... Maybe till it's your turn again? Mm-hmm. That's the way we've been doing... Um, holding in actions too and the reason that this actually backfired on us the other session is that John went first he rolled like a 25 on initiative which doesn't surprise me Yeah. but he held his action all the way through initiative until the very end he used his whole turn and then it was him up ag- oh, again okay. up at the top I see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that he, seems like cheese right? he got two full turns in a row yeah 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 I remember when that happened actually. Yeah. yeah so not nothing on John because that's the rules that we had been playing right, as right. but that was kind of my inciting like oh something is you know maybe not perfect here yeah no I, I do remember that happened and I was mm-hmm. just like this is weird I've never seen this happen before, yeah kind of thing so I think that in the future, we're gonna start doing like, what do you want to prepare? Sure. And what do you? When is it gonna trigger? Okay. Um, and we can rules or not, we'll take it all the way around till your next turn because I think as soon as something reacts, you can release. Are you ready? Yeah. Release the arrow, and then it's your turn. You make an action. Right. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Anyways, I, I agree. Um. Oh, uh, something that I did want to bring up uh, really quickly before I forget. Dave said, and this isn't what, Dave said he can play for an hour and a half at the most. Yay. Oh. So it looks like we got the sesh going. Let's go. That's good news. Okay. It is good news. Um, uh, fan of the show, uh, Matt uh, LaForest. Yeah, LaForest. Yeah. Gave us another message after our last episode. He said... Um, that he found, knows a similar game to D&D that is more sci-fi related. It's called Shadowrun. Okay. I th- the name was a little bit familiar to me because when I was looking up how to make D&D sci-fi, a lot of people were just saying, don't try to make D&D everything. Just right. play the games that are designed to 
be sci-fi. And so he did suggest um, this game called Shadowrun. He said it's similar to D&D because it's a dice-rolling game, but the mechanics are slightly different and it's set in a cyberpunk-style world with orcs, goblins, trolls, magic, etc. There are techno-wizards, hackers, biotech-enhanced samurais, and all kinds of other crazy shit. Uh, my friend Angus introduced it to me through this podcast called Neo Scum. If anyone, if you want to listen, uh, to give an example, uh, I feel like you could also adapt a lot of the stuff into your homebrew D and D game. Interesting. Uh, and then he also said, which is super cool, uh, would love to come down to Wolfville sometime for a session or hop on the podcast. Or if you were ever in the city and want to play, let me know. Uh, and I basically replied and said, like, awesome. Thanks for the listen. Thanks for the message. Uh, I'll definitely look into the Shadowrun. Reason that we weren't going to do it right away is we were teaching two people how to play. Yeah. Um. So I would be learning a, th- I would be learning a game, teaching it to them, all in the span of like I didn't have much time to even play yeah, the session so in general. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. Um. The other thing, de- it would definitely be awesome to have Matt on sometime. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Do you say you were going to the city this weekend? <clears throat> I am going to the city this weekend. Um, I would assume he would be there. Hmm. Interesting. Leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, like, on Sunday night or something, if yeah. uh, once you're back, we could just Zoom him or something. Uh, oh, yeah. Get it going. That first, like, we, we'll have to do that for sure. And then I also just said... It would be awesome to sit at your table and be a player in your party if you ever have anything going on. And at the same time, you know, I would all whenever you wanted to play, like I'd be down to run a one shot or something. Yeah, for sure. Just to, um, because I don't know how much Matt's actually played because, um, he just kind of he started DMing for that group of guys back home, and I feel like he didn't play like mm-hmm. a whole lot before that so he's kind of just been like kind of like your scenario yeah. where he dms a lot but doesn't play a lot yeah right so um, cool. yeah and i get we're a little you know again like we're a little bit lucky that we have someone who is like as you know it's all dm but um you know imagine if i didn't like it at all like i did it and hated it and then we just had no one who wanted to DM. Like, what? We all just take turns or and just not want to do it? Or Yeah. Someone's got to step up to the plate. Yeah, someone does have to step up to the plate. But, um, and, you know, you can look at my laptop here. This is kind of what happens when you're running three different campaigns that or You've got three different oh, campaigns yeah, going dude. at once. I always notice the tabs. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's hurting. I have like five different Reddit tabs open just for this podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so thank you, Matt. We'll definitely have to have you on the podcast sometime, and uh, can't wait to roll up a character and potentially uh, slide in. Uh, one last thing that I did tell him was that. Um, I th- I think he was saying he didn't get to DM in a while um, because all his players were busy or something. And I, maybe I said, like, try this. And, you know, um, he said he didn't get to play in a while because a lot of people are busy. Yeah. And I was like, uh, well, that we kind of had the same problem originally when we had our party of six or seven people. Yeah. It was hard to get everyone on the same night. And even now for, like, four players, it's, it's still a struggle sometimes. It's a real struggle. Yeah. But... Yeah. What I told him 
was that sometimes if you have those two or three people that you know are going to be there for every session, mm-hmm. you know, still keep the big campaign that you play every week and a half or two weeks or something sure. like that. But if you're looking for a weekly game, do some recruiting. Pair off with those two or those three and do your own thing. And yeah. uh, something <clears throat> interesting that I saw when I was looking through the frequently asked questions is someone asked, how many players is D&D for? Pretty basic question, but the answer from the official like D&D handbook was that the game is built for parties of four to seven. Okay. So... Are like once everyone's there, we're at four. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the the bottom, uh, I think a typical party is usually like five or six. Sure. And that helps you round the stuff out. You get your, you get your rogue, you get your cleric, you get your druid, yeah, you, get you get your get fighter. It. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes we we can't really cover that basis with just the four of us or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're always usually missing something. Yeah, and then if you're you're missing a person, you know, we'll keep playing, but um, now we're down to three, or now we're, we were potentially down to two. Yep. But what my sort of philosophy is that that's not necessarily a bad thing because you get to really focus on those two or three sure. players, mm-hmm. and they really get to shine, whereas if you have seven people at your table, it's going to be a lot harder for you to have those moments every session, you know, maybe... No, yeah. When John and I were talking about how there's sometimes a main character and how that revolves, and everyone kind of gets their chance to be the main character every once in a while, yep. you know, even for you know getting the spotlight, you're still the main character for that little thing, like that whole thing that we did with your dad. Yeah, that in that moment, like he's having the conversations with you mostly, and you're kind of being there and hanging out with him and stuff, mm-hmm. and so you're kind of the, the main character for a little bit. Sure. Uh, if you have seven players, you're going to be waiting a long time till it's your turn, potentially, yeah. you know. If someone gets, like, you know, four or five sessions of, like, a mini arc for them, well, if there's seven people, you do the math. How long are you, how many sessions are you waiting? How often are you doing your sessions until it's kind of your, your turn rolls around? Yeah. If you have two players... They can kind of both. They're both the main characters. Yeah. If there's two, like two people, you're both the main characters. Yeah, you're running it. Um, and it also helps. Dave and Nathan both play twins, so that helps. Like their right. stories are very much intertwined. Sure. If you're having a two-person player, I kind of would recommend that instead of two people who are com- completely different. I'd say have two people who kind of already know each other. Sure. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was the last thing I sort of told him. He said he would maybe think about that a little bit. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that would be another, I guess, another yeah, I guess hit, he, he, yeah, he DMs for sometimes like 10 plus. Like, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. It's not. Yeah. Uh, all right. Why don't we take a quick break? Uh, we'll grab another drink and we're going to cut to an ad break, which, uh, something that we haven't had before. It's from Newsly. So shout out to them. I won't talk about it anymore. And we'll swing it over to the ad. Thank you to our very first sponsor, Newsly. Newsly is an audio app that you can get for your iOS and Android that picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment, and it reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the web becomes listenable. Browse topics from your choice, perhaps the latest Dungeons & Dragons news, and start enjoying. Stop scrolling and start listening. 
In addition, they have podcasts from over 40 countries worldwide, including our very own Dungeon Master's Apprentice. So download and use Newsly for free from www.newsly.me or from the link that I'm going to put in the description, and you can use promo code DUNGEON2021 with the uh, O being a zero, actually. So I'll put that in the description just so you guys can make sure what it is. But if you put that in, you'll receive a one-month free premium subscription. Thanks, Newsly. And we're back. Uh, Checking the clock here. Actually, two minutes till our session is supposed to start. But we've had last one was a little bit short, and so it uh, doesn't really feel right to cut into an ad and then end it right there. So we let's answer them. let's answer a couple more questions here. Yeah, told the boys to wait. Told the boys that there are more important things yeah. at hand. <laughs> um, so there were kind of three questions here that I thought that we could talk about, and they're all in- intertwined here. Right. The first one: uh, How do I handle issues with my DM? So let's say one of you guys had a problem with something that I made in, you know, a decision that I made for the game, or uh, maybe I made a ruling during the game that you guys didn't agree with. Maybe on, like, this has to be an Arcana check, or this has to be something you guys, or I was constantly asking for checks that you didn't think it was, and I was kind of just like, no, like, this is how I think it should be. If there's something like that, um, you as a player, let's ask you, how would you handle something like that? <clears throat> That's tough because it's something I haven't like personally experienced mm-hmm. before. So, but if I was in a scenario, <laughs> like knowing us, I feel like it would kind of come off as like me. I'd like make memes about it. At yeah, first or <laughs> like kind of be annoying about yeah, it. Yeah, in character or. Probably, uh, probably in character. Honestly. Yeah, I feel like it would start it's off like, like that. Wow, this is kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Hey Just guys, like, you notice how bullshit that was? <laughs> yeah, some like little chirps or something. But I, I feel definitely feel like. Yeah. Just, like, maybe questioning it at the time is better than just, like, waiting on it, too. Just yeah. Like, you know, just be like, well, like, not, like, make a scene or anything, but just, like, ask, like, a question about yeah. it or whatever. Um, but let's say you ask a question, I still brush it off, um, nothing happens, next session, something similar happens. Or let's say you, f- here's a, here's a scenario, here's a scenario, <laughs> um, Let's say you feel like I'm constantly attacking your sure, character. You're picking on me. Yeah, just like you just be like, "Hey, I feel like you usually just go for Eggmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. Do you, uh, w- would you say something about that, or do you kind of just? I feel like personally, I'd probably just eat it. Yeah, yeah, like <clears throat> I don't know. I think but what I'd if probably... it was to the point where you're just going down like so yeah. quickly? Like, what if after two rounds, Eggmull is just down? Sure. And for, like, th- the past three sessions, you've just been rolling death saves the whole time. Right. No. See, I'd hope at that... <laughs> I was hoping at that point, my people I'm playing with, my party members, would be, like, catching on to it as yeah. well, <laughs> at least. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I'd probably, like... I, if it was getting that bad, I'd probably just say, like, I'm not really enjoying this. Like, yeah, just, like, can we spread it around? Or, like, if I'm... D- like, I'm coming and not having fun. Yeah, exactly. You know? And that's kind of the last thing that you want. Yeah, the opposite, for sure. Yeah, right? and I think if you kind of... I think up top, if that's what your first sentence is, like, hey, I'm coming to sessions and not having fun, your DM is going to be like, whoa. Yeah, like, why aren't people having fun? Yeah, 
and like then don't be like I'm coming to you because you're the reason but you know kind of explain that a yeah. little bit definitely um and then so yeah I think just talk to your DM honestly and just be like hey you know not this needs a change but I'm not having fun yeah I think that's actually a pretty good like you know uh, but the opposite of that, the second question here, is how do I handle issues with my players? And the way that question was worded, I kind of took it as, let's say I'm a DM and one of my players is just every session being a shithead. Yeah. Like every session, just like pulling pranks on people and like pissing on stuff yeah. and like taking their pants off and... I've had to a degree of have had this <laughs> to a degree I've had this happen. Sure. Um, I won't, you know, name any names or anything. Yeah. But, um, I think you kind of just this usually is why a session zero is good. A lot an hour before you go into your campaign and say, "This is the kind of game that we're gonna run." I'm setting the expectations up top. So we don't have run into these problems down the road. Sure. I'm going to run a game where if you guys are goofing off, not goofing off, but if you guys are just making a mess of everything and, you know, at least recognize that the DM is putting prep into the session. They're putting their time and a lot of, a lot of times like <coughs> their genuine thought and, you know, they want you know for sure and uh, so if you're coming to that and the dm is pushing this npc towards you who very clearly has a quest and you're like hmm uh geez that uh desert looks pretty cool can we just wander there for a while and just like oh yeah <laughs> I, I i i do find that like when people like mess around a lot like to like pass to like a funny kind of degree it's like this is no longer like yeah uh, I, I don't know, it breaks my immersion sometimes because mm-hmm. it's just like the atmosphere gets messed up. Yeah. Of, yeah. It, the, and, you know, people talk about Im- what levels of immersion you should be at and all this stuff. Sure. I do think, this is something I kind of will talk about that happened last session that we did because I thought it was a pretty big thing, is that it was a first the first all-in-person session that I've had in a very long time, and I presume you as well. Mm, definitely. And... The time was just like flying. Yeah. Like I don't know yeah. about you, but yeah. like it was one of those times you're like we didn't look <clears throat> at the clock for the whole session because we were all just into it. And then it was like, oh shit. Like two and a half hours went by and it felt like forty five minutes. Oh dude, it was yeah, dude. I yeah. That's immersion to me. Yeah, dude. Everyone was just in it and like we're having a couple of drinks and stuff. I think everyone was just having like a lot of fun playing. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. And so I didn't even like just Seeing how they like seeing the new players like kind of like learn how to play and stuff is get like, comfortable kinda, yeah. and after a after a while and after a few drinks yeah you know, I think not to encourage drinking but I think that it really actually does help a lot because I notice myself that the voices that I'll do and stuff like that will get a lot more I'll lean into it a lot more sure. the more that I'm drinking just because. There's not as much self consciousness and stuff like yeah, that, and that's not, and that's so not much. to say that I'm binge drinking every time I play <laughs> so that I DM better, but it's you know the, in the same with going up and talking to someone at a bar or yeah. 
Sure. Um, like having open conversations with people often happen when you've had a few drinks. Mm-hmm. I think if you, you know, you don't want to be blacking out during your session. No. <laughs> for sure. Definitely. Because then you don't remember anything and, you know, if it's all in person, you could be actually causing problems. But yeah, definitely. I think, um, let's not end on you should drink during. <laughs> let's answer one more. So how do I answer, how do I handle issues with my group? Um, I don't, I think that can come from a player having an issue with how the whole game is running. Maybe everyone's goofing off too much. They want a serious game or maybe, maybe, I don't know. Uh, or maybe the DM, uh, is kind of just like, maybe let's say, let's put it, let's give this example. Let's say you're going into a campaign and everyone else seems like they're having fun and this campaign, the setting, maybe even your character a little bit, the party dynamic, something isn't really sitting right with you. Uh, let's say we started the high school campaign and you just found it really weird to play a kid or something. Right. Uh, let's say let's say that if you were just kind of not uncomfortable, but just like, uh, I'm not really feeling this. Um, but let's say clearly everyone else is having a good time. Right. Uh, these are pretty specific hypotheticals, but I think all kind of these kind of problems will lead to the same sort of answer. But let's start with this hypothetical. Let's say, you know, this campaign isn't a great fit for you, but everyone else is having a blast. What do you do? I feel like the nat- the thing like people naturally do would just stop like or like make excuses to not be able mm. to play or something, and they just kind of like slowly mm. get weaned out of it. Is that why Mitch doesn't play? I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of people would naturally take that approach, but I guess like, you ke- if everyone's having fun, but, then maybe it's gonna kind of keep going in this direction. I just, but yeah, I also don't think you should get like just give up. Or, yeah, you know? I've seen people say that uh, no D and D is better than bad D and D. Okay. That and I don't know if I. I think that personally, I would just keep my head down and just keep playing just because at least it's something. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't even know if I would bring it up. I would kind of just be like, you know, like, not because, I don't know. I At this point, if I'm a player, I'll just be like, you know what, this is fine. As a DM, I don't, if I don't feel like the session isn't going great, then I can just switch it up. Like, yeah. <laughs> But as a player, you don't have that quite as much agency. No, definitely. But I think... Just because I haven't played that much, I would suck it up and be like, you know what, at least I'm playing. Yeah, sure. That, um, that's what I always think about it, too, is I'd rather play than, like, not be playing right now. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's still giving me joy. Yeah. You know? I think the most important thing is just at least with, if you're with your friends. Yeah. I think if I w- if um, there was, you know, one game in town that I knew of, maybe down at Rainbow's End, the sure. video game store... If I showed up there and the DM was just like a controlling like dick who was like killing people out of nowhere yeah. and like the encounters were wrong and you know not to be a rules lawyer but if someone was DMing and just didn't really understand how it worked and was kind of just homebrewing every single rule and sure. it's like well you got shot with an arrow in the neck I mean you are dead there's no saving you from that sure. And I'd just be like, uh, all right. Then I'd probably just be like, okay, whatever. Like, this is dust. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. Yeah. Um, I also think that the more 
people that we've talked to about D&D, the more people that have gotten interested, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that if you're looking for a group, then kind of just, you know, even casually, like, talk to about people. Like, oh, I was playing D&D the other night, and, uh, uh, you know, we'll talk about whatever. Um, You know what people always talk about, like, getting into D&D and never do or whatever? Or they're like... Yeah, we play sometimes. Like, you could play with us. I feel like nobody ever jumps at that opportunity, but you really, like, should be. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, you're not going to otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, get get your foot in the door. Uh, even if, I mean, I, I told John when I met him, I was like, okay, you're going to be playing with a bunch of people that you don't know yeah. over Zoom. You're not even looking at their faces. And now role play as a, you know, a character. Yeah, it is. It can be intimidating sometimes. Uh, but uh, we've we've had our, our party wait a little bit too long for us. Uh, we're about at the 40-minute mark here. Yes. So why don't we call it there? Uh, that was our Frequently Asked Questions episode. Thank you, Brett, for coming on. Thanks for having me and listening, everyone. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you sometime next week. Ciao. Ciao. I like that. Yeah.